In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, everybody, welcome to episode number 12. Um, the fact that we've been doing this for three months, months worth of content is pretty dope. Uh, episode 12, and I'm really pumped. Uh, tonight is, that's the first time since I was eight years old, and I thought I lived in California that I said the word pumped. Like, totally pumped totally about mad. this episode, brah. Uh, I'm really excited. Hang loose. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, my God. Right. I'm really pumped. I'm stoked. I'm worked up. I'm excited for this episode. This is something, anybody listening to this, right? Like, as we started this podcast thing, we each, all three of us had ideas. Like, we could try this, or we could get this guest, or we could do these kind of things. Um, what about positivity is worth the effort as a tagline? Are we actually going to talk about tacos in every show? Blah, 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 blah. And one of the things we said kind of early on is it'd be neat because we're tackling tacos, we're not super locked down. Like it's not like, and this is not a diss to anybody. I feel like it could be perceived that way. And I don't mean it that way. Um, but it's not like we're called like bass fishing only podcast or something. And there's nothing against ba only bass fishing podcast. But with us, we have a little more freedom to talk about musky fishing like we did with Steve Jonasy. We have a little more freedom to talk about mm -hmm. tacos and, um, and then obviously tackle and tacos. And so tonight is an idea of let's talk specific tackle or um, technique stuff. And so I was just texting with Nate and Lola and I'm like, let's do our first ever tackle specific episode. What should we talk about? And Nate said. It's got to be the frog. 
Let's talk frogs. Bad time of year. Yeah, it is absolutely frog time. Uh, Lola and I, we live in Strum, Wisconsin. Nate is in Davenport, Iowa. And right by our house in Strum, Wisconsin is a teeny little lake. Um, Depending on the map you read, some will say Crystal Lake. Some will say it's called Strum Lake. um, And right now there's a bunch of scum on it. And the other day our children were having a lemonade stand. And me being the really good dad that I am went with them to the lemonade stand um, so that I could keep watch over them. Them and mm-hmm. keep them safe and then yes. also fish the lake with a frog that they were camped out next to right yeah and convenient yeah Perfect. yeah it was, it was really more the latter i mean i care about my children but like you know that frog bite's contagious like it's just you know <laughs> it, it gets you going so and i caught some fish frogging for like two minutes from shore frogging is such a dope thing because you can do it almost anywhere and so tonight we're gonna get into really like nitty-gritty high level specificity on um frog setups i think lola's gonna kind of like moderate and ask questions i like know so much so you guys are gonna learn a lot from me because lola can't learn any more about frog yeah, fishing it's so i just have possible. to so she's gonna bark out gonna, questions yeah. that lead us to answers that might help <laughs> other people right you're welcome so yeah. thank you lola yeah you're you're so welcome that's yeah. all we can say is thank you that's <laughs> all. what can i say except you're welcome yeah yeah. Anybody we, else just hear play the song? Yeah. Anybody else just hear that in their heads? <laughs> um, any parents out there hearing? Da, 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 da. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> Nate, hit us up. Give it. Give us the social, the the sponsors, the working class, all that good stuff. All right. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, definitely say thank you to the uh, working class guys for allowing us to do this every uh, week. You. Uh, thank you to uh, Giltech, yeah. one of our newest sponsors. Giltech with Giltech jigs. jigs, man, those things are are dope. We've talked about them before, and we'll just continue to do it. Yeah. Hey, really fast interruption. Um, oh, somebody on Apple Podcast, which again, thank you so much for the reviews, said something um, that I just saw today about how like they're stoked that our podcast is not just like peddling random crap. You know, like we're not just like pushing stuff on people. Um, And so I think anybody listening to this, um, hopefully, you know, that we won't do that. We will never do that. I don't care if this becomes our full time job and we're making millions of dollars a year podcasting. I will never say Lamborghini is coming out with a cool new bass boat. No, like legitimately like F that if it's not something we actually believe in, we're not going to push it. Would you like that? Um, I don't know. Okay, sorry. Gil Tech. (laughs) Legitimately, the Gil Tech swim jigs are just off the charts. Good. They track straight. Big, strong hooks. Awesome, like super well-done colors. I I give you my word, if we weren't sponsored by Giltec, I would be fishing Giltec still. Yeah. Like legit. They're so good. I mean, we we weren't really sponsored by them for, for quite a while, and we've been throwing them for the last few years, you know? Yeah. Sorry. Keep going. Sorry. The, the attention to detail with those oh. is, is really dope. The big eyes, the, the keel gills. Like it's, they're, they're done, they're done well. So, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, lastly, gotta say thank you to Grizzly and Kenai Coolers. Um, they got our, uh, first ones to really kind of take our back on this one. So we got to say thank you. And I think we have a a code that some of our listeners can, uh, can put in to get a discount. Uh, WCB, I believe it is. WCB. So use that, use that code at Grizzly Coolers and, uh, Get you, get you some dope gear. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, follow us on social, Insta, YouTube, Facebook, all that stuff that, um, all that stuff is, is, I mean, 
it's not the coolest thing in the world, but it's, it's cool at the same time. Like it's a cool way to communicate with people. It's a cool way to share updates on what we have going on. Um, we appreciate interaction with people. And at some point we're going to get so big that we forget about everyone. Oh, but we're not there yet. So if you, I will not forget about <laughs> exactly. any of y'all. So if you comment on our stuff, like real talk though, like I don't think there's a comment that gets posted on our Instagram, Facebook, YouTube that we don't respond to. Yeah, we always because respond it, because it's awesome. Yeah, I love it that. It means a ton to us. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and like Lola yeah, and I will so yeah, be definitely, dri- definitely check those out. Yeah. Lola and I will be driving. She'll be like, Oh, did you see that? So-and-so, uh, let, you know, we can point, 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 shout out Stu, um, Stu Anderson, who, the best. who he, he has the funniest, longest comments ever, but, but they're, they're like, like uh, heartfelt. Through, yeah. Yeah. Heartfelt. I love it. And she'll be like, Oh, did you see that? So-and-so, uh, so-and-so replied to this comment or it, we love yeah. that kind of interaction. So legitimately, man, like hit us up. We would love to interact with you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk tacos? I mean, we have to. I want to. I love tacos. I would rather have tacos than life. Oh. I don't know what Whoa. that meant. I don't know what that meant, but I do love tacos. It was really deep. Yeah. Um, Nate, tacos lately? Anything? What you got? What you got? Uh, what? Lately was uh, was the flat taco. Oh, yes. Did, uh, did, What's that mean? Yeah. Like a tostada? Tostadas, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, they were, they were dynamite. I kind of kept them a little bit simple this time it was just a layer of beans on the tostada shell uh, steak cheese a little pico cilantro and hot sauce that was it it sounds simple but not it sounds like so yum yeah you know my favorite thing is about your tacos you make nate if again we've said this before but nate does a lot of like posting on our social for his tacos which we love because he's um, so good nate will do like the dopest taco like really um you know like the cooking thing is you eat with your eyes so like if it looks good whatever he'll plate it all good and then always put it on like a paper plate and i love that because it's like this really dope food but like he ain't trying to pretend for nobody and like yeah. that's an awesome ain't, no deal. we ain't yeah, we ain't switching it up. It's paper plate gang always. <laughs> paper plate gang. That's a shirt. Paper plate gang. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's dope. What about you? Well, uh, I haven't had it yet. Okay. Okay. Y'all probably say birria tacos. Birria. Birria. Birria tacos. Birria, birria. Birria, birria. birria. Um, I haven't made them yet, but I want them. I made a venison roast in the crock pot and i thought that maybe i could use that meat i don't know could i do that nate could i use that absolutely yeah okay yes, because absolutely. Our, so i did tell me i i did did some I, there there were those birria type tacos but with uh pork yeah instead of beef okay. and they were they were good um the the beef is really kind of the deal i think but okay. i think I think venison could be awesome. Yeah. I mean, our and son. Where did that venison come from? Our son shot a deer. Yeah, which was his first ever. His first so ever. Dope. Was it the last day? Last day, like last Last like daylight, last yeah. day of or legal light, whatever. And he had a perfect shot yeah, on, on his first doe. deer, 12 Huge years old. Doe. Yeah. And it was really cool for, yeah, for any parents awesome. out there who take their kids hunting and have actually harvested something. Um, especially if it's something larger, I don't know if it, uh, it has the same vibe with like a squirrel or a rabbit. And I think that's awesome. No distant totally, yeah. hunting, small stuff. Um, but his name's Dominic he went through the gamut of all emotion. So like he went from like, Oh 
almost like, yeah, I shot a deer. To like, like whatever. Oh my gosh, I shot a deer. To like, oh my gosh, there she is. To like, oh, I killed a deer. But to then like, to, I'm providing for my family. To then like gutting it and being like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. And then like the next morning, be like, hey, I wish it was deer season. We could go hunting again. Yes. Like it was the coolest. Like, <laughs> but like for him to be like, doo -dee, doo -dee, yeah, doo -dee, and then the providing for his family. So then when I was making this roast, yeah. um, he was like, I did that. Yeah. This is mine. You guys yeah. want to try it? And everyone like loved it. Yeah. And so anyway, I think that if I could use that meat, because weren't birria tacos supposed to be originally goat, goat. meat? Yeah, goat. And then they put all these other flavors yeah. and stewed it up because it was such a stinky Yeah, because goat is meat. really smelly. So they started yeah. doing all this garlic stuff and like all these different um, things, not necessarily like mask the flavor, but to mask the smell of it while they were cooking it. Yeah. yeah. And then the shell of it, do you fry it in the fat from the stewed meat? Is that right? I think that's the thing. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do that because yeah. I want yeah, it now. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, so yeah. I don't if know. If you like uh, take whatever your juices you have left over, you can kind of skim the fat off the top. Yeah. And then like use that to and that'd fry be, the shells And that'd in. be tricky with venison because it's a lean meat. Like they're not. No, super fatty, but I mean, we could figure that out. But anyway, I want to do that. I don't yeah. know. We also had Taco John's the other day. So you want to talk about dude, potato Olays or can we just talk about <laughs> potato Olays, dude? I mean, Let's go from Beria tacos Beria. to like Taco Juan's and the daggum <laughs> Napoleon. Give me one of your tots with yeah. some nacho cheese on it and how dope it is. Yeah. That's Gosh, good. they're so good, dude. Straight up. Like salty and... Is I'm, it just I'm like seasoned ashamed. salt on there? Like, what is it? I don't know, but I'm not ashamed to say I love them. There's probably yeah, a lot of they're, MSG. They're, they're good. That's that cheese sauce, man. No, that's dude. a game changer. Though. Oh, my goodness, It's a little dude. spicy. The teeniest bit of spice. And like the thickness is just right. Dude, it is so good. It's very I, good. I, I, we're not sponsored by Taco John's, but I said I wouldn't sell out, but I would sell out for some Olay. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> oh, I would. I would totally. <laughs> I would totally wrap my boat in like a Taco John's wrap. Like a giant tortilla or just like or a just like the Taco, Taco John's, John's like logo has on some Olays yeah, flying dude. up. Yeah. Like yeah. people come to like weigh you in. like the, uh, the, the, the taco paper like wrapped. Oh down. my gosh. Oh, that's a great idea. Like, <laughs> that'd be funny. That's a great, people come to like weigh in and I'm like, I have like a big basket. I'm like, here, here's a taco. Here's some Olays. Anyone some want some Olays? Yeah. Instead of like, you know, like when I remember watching a video of Brandon Polinick, which huge shout out huge to the Polinick family, to him and Tiff. Getting yes. ready to rock, baby Heck number yeah. two. Dude, we're so happy for you, brother. And big sister, Cora. Yeah, Cora is the cutest little. Such a little She's got honey. such a little squishy face. Oh, Golly. So cute. Yeah. Um, huge shout out to them. Uh, but I remember watching a video of him, and he was talking about how at the classic, like the best thing is like these swag bags. Where they just hand out all this free stuff. Like you're walking around, and like here's a bag, and here's some shirts, and here's some whatever. And I'm like, Here's a taco. Here's an Olay. Here's some nacho cheese. Here's a Mountain Dew code red. Like, <laughs> oh my god, whatever. Like, just uh, hooking people up. That would be if we ever. So you know how the homies at working class do the shoot every year. S H E W T. We should do like a every year tackling tacos fish thing. But mm. instead of handing out like loophole optics and like grizzly coolers, we just hand out. Just everybody gets like a handful of boiling hot potato Olays. As oh they, my gosh! Like as they register, can we just like make tacos? That would be fun. That I mean, Olay's would be five fun. Five packets of taco sauce. Yeah. 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 
Okay, so we're being stupid. That would be kind of a fun That'd thing. That'd be though. fun. That'd be a dope okay, deal. Okay, we're to getting like something little, rolling here. To do like a little derby or something and yeah. strum or something. Oh my gosh. That'd be really fun. And mm-hmm. we could even do archery stuff because we're not just fishing. I mean, we are fishing, but I mean, we yeah. can do all kinds of stuff. Tackle and we could have a taco cook off or. Ooh. So last week, if anybody was listening last week on episode 11, um, I had a, a, I don't usually, but I had a few homies text me about episode 11 and just say they were really stoked on like the positivity of the whole thing and like Nate's ability to be patient. I didn't and, listen. Like, my I was little, sick. I'm just my kidding. Soapboxing at the end where I was like, dude, if anything's out there that you want to do, you can actually do it. You know, whatever. Um, take that motivational spiel that I gave, which was totally off the cuff, by the way. It was nice. Um, and transform it to like tacos, not to get cheesy, but like tacos are like, I think you watch a show like, um, uh, what's that show we were watching, um, on chef's Netflix. Table. No, not chef's table. Okay. Although that show is really dope too. Uh, but there's one about tacos specifically. Anyway, oh, it's like all in Spanish. It. We talked yeah, about that yeah. one. You yeah. could watch it and be like, dude, these are so hard. I'll never make this. And then you start thinking like a taco, you could figure out how to fry the shell yourself or you could get those taco shells that you cook yourself from Walmart. You can put any meat in it. You can combine any kind of, I think that's like the raddest thing about making tacos is how you don't have to be like a culinary genius to make a really dope taco. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, you can throw venison in it. You could throw pork in it. If you're a vegetarian, honestly, I'm a meat eater like through and through, but like, I honestly think like a vegetarian taco could be pretty dope with all the fixings with like guac and sour cream and like cilantro and salsa and pico and cheese. And totally like, I, I love meat, but I could definitely just, I think it could be super good. Veggie girl. Yeah. Sorry. I'll never say that again. Yeah. Don't ever say veggie girl again. (laughs) Veggie girl. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway. All right, so today we're talking frogs, dude. We're 15 okay. minutes in. We've yes. said nothing so far. Thanks We've for hanging on. Nothing. But we're going to talk frogs. We're going to talk high-level specificity. And um, a big shout-out to our to our buddies um, at the Big Bass Podcast, um, wah, Terry wah, wah. and Ken. Oh, sorry. That was really, really good. That was a really good one. Um, they're just <laughs> cool it. dudes. We contacted them a while ago about being on our podcast. Um, so if you haven't checked them out, you really should. They have a unique angle. Um, they talk about bass fishing records and like specific lures and specific states they did a whole thing on wisconsin a couple weeks ago um and so i contacted them and they both responded back right away and they've been so cool um to talk to and they're like making fun of each other and being silly and they're just cool dudes but their podcast um i think because ken either is it do you know nate either is or was a lawyer um i don't think he's like practicing now i don't i don't know but yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Yeah, he's super smart though. And so they do this sort of like with the record thing, they do this sort of like um historical like where they really dig into each episode. Like they don't just be like, "Hey, let's talk about coolers. You like them? Yeah, I like them." Like you can tell they put a lot of work and like mm, background mm-hmm. study into every episode and I thought that was really dope. And so taking a page out of their book, yeah. um I did a little bit of research on um, frogs, like frog fishing specifically, and I was trying to find like when did, and, and, and when we talk about frogs, I think more specifically, Nate, can you hold up? Do you have a hollow body frog there in front of you? I think when we talk about fishing in 2023 with a frog, we're thinking specifically about this kind of frog. 
a hollow body frog, you know, with the little skirty legs in the back and a soft body that when you get a bite from a fish, it squishes down. I wanted to find like, when did they start making these things? Um, and so what I actually found was on Bassmaster.com, Bernie Schultz, uh, who is just such a, there's another really good one right there. Um, Bernie Schultz, who's an absolute stud and really smart feller. He wrote a whole, he wrote a whole article about frogs. So I'm going to, as dorky as this might sound, I'm going to read the article and then Lola's going to moderate some questions and we're going to talk about frogging and hopefully, um, this will generate a conversation. Maybe we miss some stuff and you can comment on it on our YouTube page or on a, a post on social, or um, maybe you might, you might could, you might learn something about frogging. Maybe Nate and I and Lola do something different with frogs than you do. Or maybe we say something in our stupidity that made you think like, wow, I should try that. Um, Cause I might, I hope I get to one of my techniques I used to do when I would throw a frog and it is so idiotic. Um, uh, I used to call it the frog smash and it would That's catch cute. fish. It would actually catch <laughs> fish. The and frog it, smash. It is the dumbest thing ever. So are you going to tell us now? Should I tell you now or should we wait till later? Are we going to? Let's do the history thing. Okay. Let me, let me read the history article. <laughs> Jumping right. into the article. <clears throat> I, I wish I had some readers. Do you want my glasses? Uh, I no, I won't be able to see anything. Okay. All right, so here we go. They're Frog history. Tactic. Shout out to the homie Bernie Schultz, uh, professional bass angler and just a smart dude. I know he's like a big um, antique lure guru, and so I thought he was a good source for this. So um, here we go. Bernie Schultz writes, and this is from Bassmaster.com, um, I love studying the history of our sport and more specifically the history of lure making. It's remarkable how many of today's self-proclaimed innovations are nothing more than modified, reintroduced ideas from the past. Take hollow-bodied frogs, for instance, care to wager who had the first one. Was it the Spro bronze-eye frog? Not hardly. And side note, I have my frog box here. I have a Spro bronze-eye frog that's probably 20 years old. Like legit, hmm. it's 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 got actually like That's impressive. it's got actual like Mister Twister tail legs. It's so it's so rad. Um, <laughs> these may be among the most popular for today's, but they hardly date far enough back to be the first. What about the scum frog? Nope, not that one either. It predates Spro by a couple of decades, but it's far from being the first. Oh, what about? And I don't know if you guys have heard of this one. I actually heard of this before this article. What about Bill Plummer's frog of the 1960s? Wrong again. In fact, his wasn't even hollow bodied. It was foam filled. I've seen those at places. It's Whoa. got kind of a hollow body feel, but it's kind of squishy, almost like a, a little less dense than like balsa. Um, none of these frogs are even close to being the oldest hollow bodied model, not by a long shot. Since the very beginning of angling in this country, frogs have been a favorite bait among bass enthusiasts. And for good reason, bass love frogs um i saw a video uh youtube short of dave mercer all it said was do smallmouth eat frogs has anybody seen that and it shows like a little like tree frog swimming and a smallmouth just going boom and just mm. annihilating it because a lot of people think smallmouth don't eat frogs yeah. bass spotted bass large mouth small mouth they eat frogs they just do yep. um anyone who's tried it knows that frog fishing is fun it's visual and sometimes it's incredibly productive and i'm certain it was those same virtues that drove our forefathers to develop the first artificial frogs back then though it was more about putting meat on the table realizing that frogs were a staple for bass resourceful types used them as live bait like real frogs frogs were tough and easier to keep alive than bait fish hmm. they were tough you know not not tough and easy to keep alive. They were tough 
animals and they're easier to keep alive than like minnows and more than one fish could be caught using the same frog to fish them more effectively tiny harnesses were developed if you just google search like antique frog harness you'll find them they look like a weird torture device it's crazy Um, tiny harnesses were developed like the one um, you can find by googling uh, that frog harnesses although these harnesses may have allowed a frog to swim somewhat naturally they weren't effective around vegetation and that's when the idea for a weedless artificial frog was born the challenge was to make the artificial version look and feel as lifelike as possible while maintaining sufficient buoyancy it also had to catch fish enter the first hollow-bodied frog You have to go all the way back to, listen to this date. You have to go all the way back to 1895. Shut up. 18. I would have never guessed that. I knew about the plumber one, but I thought that was like 60s, 70s. Um, 1895 defined the first ever first production run hollow bodied frog. It was the Hastings weedless casting frog, and it came out more than 120 years ago. Introduced by Hibbard, Spencer, and Bartlett Company of Chicago, Illinois, their innovation was nothing short of brilliant since the rubber molding process was really pretty new at that time. It's worth noting that the company not only recognized the need for an adaptive niche lure to catch more fish they also sourced a revolutionary material and process for which to make it that's true innovation so like nobody else was using that kind of like soft plastic rubberized feel Mm -hmm. until then 1895 hastings frogs were offered in three sizes and designed to catch more than just bass pike and muskie like them too to further prove there's been little improvement on the Hastings frogs. This is crazy. I think you guys will catch this, and I think a lot of our, our listeners and, and viewers will catch this. To show that there hasn't been that much improvement since the Hastings frog, here's a quote from the, the box paper insert. Back then, they would come in boxes, not like you know clamshell plastic, and a lot of them would have little like paper things. Like, to fish this frog, make sure you blah, 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 blah. Oh, or that's cute. Like, yeah, they'd say how to fish it or I need what that. to do when you get <laughs> what to do and you get a bite whatever and in the little box paper insert it read if at any time the frog should fill with water it can be readily expelled by pressing it together a few times we all do that when we're frogging it gets heavy it starts you you just kind of milk it squirt the water out give it the give it the little squirt give that little squirt the water out chuck it back out there yeah chuck it back out so that was written on the side of or in the in the box in those frogs in 1895 Yep. Crazy. Super. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. I, I would have never thought it would be that old. And I also would have thought things would have changed more from 1895 yeah. till then. And then they have, but they haven't, which is kind of cool. Do we know what color it was? Because does color matter with frogs? Yeah. Do we want to get into this? I mean, I think that's one of the questions we could jump into for yeah. sure. Um, I would say this is going to be so stupid. I'm going to sound like such a stoner. Um, <laughs> do colors matter? 100% yes and 100% no. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like the fish don't care, do they? Do the fish care? Yeah, I think they, I think. Or it, are the colors like for the fishermen? That's yes. what they say, right? Yes and yes. I mean, it, it, this is, it's I'm so confused. Good. <laughs> Nate, help me. Nate, go. <laughs> Answer the color question. No, I was going to tell you to break it down for us. I want to, I want to hear Do your you want, okay, spiel break on the yes <laughs> okay. and the no. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Um, I think the colors on top of baits are stupid. There's no reason to have colors mm. on top of a frog bait. I actually thought about, um, 
making frogs forever ago that I was going to call the, the FFF, the frogs for fish bait and not paint the top just as like a middle finger to the rest of the industry because we know that the top of a frog doesn't matter. So you'd only paint the bottom half and you call it a frog for fish bait because it's made just for fish. Um, I'll say this. White frogs always work. Black frogs always work. And then depending on where you are and like your conditions, because one way that I sort of paint myself into a corner for frog fishing, I don't know where we're going to get into all this at what point, Lola moderator, you tell us. Um, but I sometimes only see frog fishing as one specific type of water, uh, which generally to me is like cheese, scum, thick, cruddy, floating mats of vegetation or lily pads, whatever. And sometimes open water can be absolutely deadly for frogs. Mm. Um, skipping a frog under a dock can be absolutely filthy. Um, which it took me a while to figure out how to do that. And it depends on the frog too. Um, and then like next, like a lay down. So I think in that circumstance, I think color can make a huge difference. Like one of my favorite frogs that I throw, um, isn't a frog at all. It's the Spro bronze eye shad in the killer gill color, um, which is a neat kind of black and purpley color. And I think the way that the, in more open water or clearer water, I think the way that the light reflects off the bottom of that frog really makes a gigantic difference. And so, like, in some circumstances, I don't think it matters at all, and I don't think you can ever go wrong throwing a black frog. That's it right there. Yeah. that's the, And that's the killer shot, too. That oh color. Gosh, let me show, show the belly, Nate. Show the belly. It's sort of pearlescent mm. right? And so what I think that does in clear water is I think it just... You know, because don't fool yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Don't fool yourself into thinking that every time a, a bass hits a topwater frog, it thinks it's eating a frog. It doesn't. I promise you. Mm. What it thinks is that it's eating something that is an easy meal, whether that's a frog or a duck or what I think more often probably happens is um, a, a, a bluegill or like some kind of bait fish. Because like what I, I feel like I'm jumping all over, but I'm just like stoked about it. One huge tip. Huge tip for going frog fishing for everybody on planet Earth is um, what did Gandalf say in Lord of the Rings? Follow oh your gosh. nose. Uh, in, in frog fishing, <laughs> follow your ears. Follow your ears. If you pull up to a mat um, and it's like really froggy feeling conditions, which I think is one of the questions, but we can hit that later, um, and you start hearing... You hear that weird bluegill snapping at the surface sound. It's like this weird, like lip smacking mixed with popping, mixed with like, mixed with like a ticking sound. If you start hearing that, um, dude, get that frog out there. Because what that usually means is that the bluegills are coming up um, kind of towards the surface, either nipping at stuff or trying to find a little more oxygenated water, mm. which means they're up where those mats are. And so the bass, you know, the bass's eyes are on top of their heads, kind of the side, and they can kind of look up. Um, I think people think that when you chuck a frog out 90 yards, the bass is watching it the whole 90 yards on that mat. He's watching it for like that four seconds. It's above him or near him where he can see it. And if there's a bunch of happening above it, he's already looking up. So when your frog comes by or your bronze eye shag comes by, um, I mean, he'll just come in and just crunch it. So what are like ideal weather conditions for frogging? What do you got, Nate? Uh, I would say ideal weather conditions is pretty much any time when, when the summer is kind of upon us. 
you know, you start to get the the lily pads come up, the yeah. duckwort starts to develop, grass, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, that's that's the ideal time, and I don't think I don't think like sun or clouds or rain or really changes that much. Once you get that stuff going, yeah, get frogging. You can throw a frog. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think. Do you agree? I totally agree. I think. Um, you know, it's a, it's that old adage like let the fish tell you what they want. But like I remember a few years ago, um, our real good buddy uh, Jake DeVolder. Oh, got a little throaty there. Um, he has some really <laughs> rad land, and if you go to our YouTube, there's a there's a video called like fishing in old coal mines or something like that. So it's that guy, his land. Um, I remember a few years ago he sent me a, a picture of him with like a six pounder, a six pound largemouth that he caught out of his land in Illinois, and it was like early early april in northern illinois which is way too early to be throwing a frog and i'm like what'd you catch it on he's like he blew up a frog and so like i totally agree but i've also heard a lot of stories about like early in the season you won't catch many fish on a frog but if you do get them it'll usually be bigger boys and then also some people use frogs for um bed fishing for spawning fish because you can just throw a frog out there and let it just just sit on top of the beds and they will get so fired up that they'll finally nip at it to get it out of there um, so there's different ways you can use it, but I think, yeah, Nate's spot on. The traditional way of, of frog fishing is when the, the water's, you know, 68 degrees and above, um, and especially, like, the traditional way of, like, floating vegetation mats, cheese, um, stuff where they're getting... Cheese sounds so gross. Sorry, know, is that what you call it? Call it? That just yeah. sounds so Sorry. nasty. Yeah, some people call it that cheese. Yeah. That cheese. They got the, I get that cheese. Um, yeah stack that cheese Um, that's a Lupe fiasco song shout out Lupe Um, but uh, (laughs) you can get it on there because it's it's like anybody else like um, I read a um, biologist report about bass eye movement once and they said that when the sun is really high and there's no shad or no shade no no cloud cover whatever they don't look up hardly at all they just don't do it. Even if there's a buzz bait going over their heads, if there's a boat going over their heads. It's just too bright. It's just too bright. I mean, think about if you're a human being. It's the same thing. If you're driving on the road and the sun's like right here, you're not just staring at it. That's uncomfortable. That's why a lot of times they go under those those heavier mats to get under that cheese. Uh, and then that's why you can get them because then they'll look up because they have sort of like cheese sunglasses. They have sort Ew. of like protection, oh you know, like where mm. when they look up, it doesn't hurt them and they can actually start targeting. Yeah, that makes stuff. sense. Yeah. Like the, like the visor in, in the car. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's the it. Visor is the cheese cover. There you go. There's thing. a, there's a, sh- <laughs> what if we, what if we made a shirt that was like so inside that nobody got it? Oh. Like we did a shirt and just said like tackling tacos. The visor is the cheese. Oh my gosh. <laughs> people be like, what are you, or the cheese is the visor. Like people are like, what oh are you talking? Nobody would get it. I don't even, like, I think I would wear it. Like, what's that mean? I'm like, I don't shirt. know. I don't know. <laughs> my, my friend said it once and it sounded cool. So I made shirts. I shouldn't have, but, but we did. Yeah. So do you guys have favorite like setups? Like, like rod and reel Rod setups? and reel line. Does line oh, matter line, with this? Line matters. Line matters. Line All matters. All line matters. Yep. I'm so sorry. All line matters. Yeah. <laughs> Nate, what do you what 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 line do you throw when you're fishing? Uh my current setup has sixty pound sunline. Yeah. I think it's go. SX one. Okay. Yeah. 
Sorry, he just got distracted by sorry, trying sorry. to I'm, change I'm trying to the move screen, and then you doing. disappeared. And <laughs> okay, so you use 60-pound SX1, yep. Yeah, 60-pound Sunline SX1. I really like the sensitivity that that line provides. Uh, I think they have like an FX2, mm. which is a frog and then flipping line. Yeah. Um, I think the SX is just a little bit smoother, so I like that for, for longer casting and stuff. So. Okay. Yeah, I... I was um, in uh, preparation for this episode. I was kind of reading what other people have written about what they throw for frogging. And so, like, I would look at someone like who I think are the best froggers out there. You know, Dean Rojas, Ish Monroe. Um, I don't care what technique you're talking about. You have to throw Kevin Van Dam out there. Um, like, what braid do they throw? Gear ratio on reels, all that stuff. And then I also read, um, dude, one guy we got to have on this podcast is Seth Fighter. Um, he's just such a funny, authentic human being. And he's close. He's in Minnesota. Um, but he was the one guy, all three of those dudes who I would consider, like, the best in the biz um, at frogging. And, I mean, there's other guys out there who are awesome at it, too. Christy can throw a frog like crazy. Hackney. I mean, there's just guys who can just frog their butts off. Um, they all said 65-pound braid, all of them, mm. except for Seth Fighter said 30-pound braid. What the? Yeah. It's hmm. a pretty. And so here's my, yeah, here's my, here's my weird debate on it. Um, I think the thicker braid you throw in my, and I could be totally wrong. So, like, if I'm wrong, you know, comment or let me know. I'm not, I don't know. But if I, I. In my experience, like when I'm throwing like musky stuff, like 80 pound braid, 100 pound braid, uh, I think I just said pound, 100 pound, yep. 100 pound braid for my musky one. Oh my um, the Schmidt Schmalls, the Looney Wheelsh. Oh my gosh. Um, that's an Ed Bassmaster thing, sorry. Uh, when you're throwing braid that thick, it's like if you're throwing rope, like if you have rope in your hand and you kind of like want to make a cast with it, it's hard to like backlash braid that thick, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you had a whole bunch of like, shoe strings in your hand and you threw it it's easier to like tangle that, that up that was a really good visual that thanks. was helpful to me thanks so i feel like on thicker braid i feel like it's less likely to get like backlashy whatever i almost think you can throw it smoother but the one thing that seth fighter said that i thought was a really good point on 30 pound braid was that that really thin diameter braid on like a 30 pound it's it's just like a it's like a it's like a razor blade in the water so cutting through lily pads cutting through muck cutting through stuff um skipping under stuff like that you know that really tight very thin diameter 30 pound braid he said it's like a razor blade just cutting Mm. through butter which i thought was interesting definitely yeah yeah that is i wouldn't i wouldn't have thought many guys at all throw a frog on and I don't so think, now are you going to try it? I kind of want to. I don't think many guys do. I think yeah. Seth might be the dude, but I mean, he had this video where he was throwing a, a small Terminator walking frog um, way back up in these like trees and stuff, kind of like where we fished on that, that Lost Grove Derby, like up in a daggum forest, and he's honking these these big fish just out of there. No, no slowing down, no hesitation on 30 pound, you know? I might have to give it a try. I got I got thirty pound on a on a setup in the in the boat. So yeah, I thought about just trying it. Like, what what's it gonna hurt? Um, all right. So this is this is my frogging my main frogging setup here. I'm gonna try and get it close to the camp. There, you, can you see it? Oh. Isn't that such a great? There's a wow. it's a Denali um, lithium rod. 
with a lose reel that I put a custom handle on from Japan that I got on Amazon very cheaply. Uh, <laughs> that is 65-pound SX1 braid, uh, and the reel is a 8-1-to-1 gear ratio. I cannot overemphasize, if you're going to fish frogs, I, I, I cannot overemphasize you need a high-speed reel. I don't even... A do high I know what speed that means? Re- you do, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. I just feel like you have to explain <laughs> this. Let's to explain me. it. So let's explain. <laughs> let's let's talk. Let's talk nerd talk. We're talking tackle specific stuff. So a gear ratio reel. So if anybody's listening to this or, or watching and doesn't know, don't feel bad. This is how you learn stuff. I remember we're together. It's all right. I remember we're working. In this together. We're in this together. I remember yeah. working at Gander Mountain and not really like like selling fishing stuff and not really knowing the difference between like fluorocarbon and mono except that fluorocarbon was way more expensive you know like and there's huge huge differences and i didn't really know so you ask questions so a gear ratio on a reel you'll see five two to one six four to one seven one to one eight one to one oh i remember i have a ten five to one in the boat that i used for throwing buzz baits that is ludicrous fast so all that means is if you have here let's let's do an illustration here if you have your lure out or whatever when you do can you see the reel when you do this oh that was like a, a 19th of a turn <laughs> how anticlimactic what a moron it's not so here anything. you go so if you do one <laughs> crank so the handle's here and now it's back there again that means the spool went around if this is an eight one to one it means the spool went around 8.1 times for every one single handle crank 8.1 times for every one single handle crank, which just oh means, my. generally speaking, there's other things that can factor in if we really want to get nerdy with it. Um, but generally speaking, the higher the gear ratio, the more line it's going to pick up on every handle turn. And for me, when I'm frog fishing, if I get that big, or side note, almost every big fish I've ever caught frogging, I think my biggest is a little over six um, on a frog. Uh, every big fish I've ever caught frogging is more of a, like a suck down than a explosion on the top. Almost, I think everyone. Yeah, they just inhale it. Yeah. Yeah, it's more. It's more like them just, you know, because their mouth is so big, their jaws are so strong, they get underneath and go, and they just, it's gone. It's that was not a good sound. I'm not gonna do it again. I'll mess it up. Yep. Uh, but you want you want to be able to pick up line pretty quick, dude. You want to be able to pick up that line because the, the one rule that uh, about frog there are, fishing. There are a few companies that actually break that gear ratio down to inches, inches line per, inches yep. retrieved per per crank. So yep. Yep. Hmm. And really the the big thing is is you just want to pick up as much line because the the thing about frog fishing is it's so easy to be like and get all excited and you see a blow up and just go swinging for the fences and either A um the, the fish doesn't have it yet. B, you didn't reel in all your slacks. So you're not really going to get penetration on the hooks um, or, you know, whatever. But when you go to pick up line, you want to pick it up quick. And with an 8-1-to-1 one one or a 9-to-1, just a couple reel downs and you got weight. And when you feel that weight, that's when you, I mean, you really just lay into them. Um, and something that we talked about uh, with a buddy of ours, Pete Mena, who we may have to retape with. I'm not sure yet because the audio got all wonky. He was want to cry because he's my hero and whatever. such a good. Such a cool dude, man. Podcast, Pete Mena yeah. is just the coolest yeah. cat. Yeah. What? Point, point, point. Yeah. yeah Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but one thing he talked about was when you can see it, because he's, he's probably the greatest musky fisherman 
ever. I mean, honestly, I don't feel like that's over-sensationalizing it. But one thing he referenced was with Muskie, it's a very visual game because a lot of times you see him come up and hit it, and you usually want to hook set the opposite direction of where, you know, so if he's coming this way, you want to hook set that way, like pull back the opposite of him so you can drive the hooks home. Mm. Frogging, if you can see enough of the fish, and this does happen to me semi-regularly, um, where he's coming from, if you can pull it the other direction, pull up, pull back, whatever, you, you get a better you get a better hook set. That's one so of I shouldn't things. push it towards him? I'm just kidding. I wouldn't, I'm sorry. or just throw the rod straight at him. <laughs> ah! uh, that's one of the things people say about frogs. Oh, I can't get a good hook set. I can't get a, hook, a good hook set. And a lot of times, because we're either A, we're not waiting to feel the weight of the fish, mm-hmm. or B, we're setting it the wrong direction. We're pulling it straight back towards ourselves, and we should be going up with it or to the side with it or, or whatever. But, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, also, okay, so here, here's something. Um, this rod, and I kind of want to talk about this, Nate, see what your thoughts are. This rod is made by Denali Rods. Um, it's the Lithium Series, and this rod is, and I think it's pretty it's pretty unequivocal, I think, across the board, uh, meaning there's no doubt. Um, pretty much everybody who has a frog-specific rod is a heavy action rod. I think that's pretty much the standard. Not medium heavy, not yeah, extra I'd, heavy. I agree with that. Yeah, I think heavy is just kind of what everybody has, and then you want a fast action tip, which just means you have a lot of act, like a lot of bend in the tips. You have the backbone here, so if you're horsing them out of lily pads and muck and cheese, um, you can do so. But here's where here's where the debate gets gets weird to me, and I honestly I don't get it. I don't get it. This rod is six foot ten inches long. Six foot ten. And in my opinion, this is the absolute perfect length frog rod. Perfect. Oh, a couple years back, people were putting out nonsense length rods, not just for frogging, but for like everything. Like, this is my eight foot four inch crankbait rod, and this is my seven foot eleven inch flipping rod, and, and whatever, whatever. And now you're seeing a lot of people, pros included, coming back off that and going more towards like Seven two, seven one, six ten, whatever. And the reason I want a six ten frog rod, and I'm not saying I wouldn't ever use anything else, but the reason I would use a six ten frog rod specifically is a lot of times when I'm working my frog, I'm doing it a lot like a jerk bait, meaning I'm kind of doing like a downward popping action with it. You know, I'm on the front of the boat and I'm kind of popping it down and I'm doing a cadence to get it to either walk the dog or just kind of scoot across the mat, sort of like jerk bait fishing. One, two, wait for a couple seconds. One, two, three, wait for a couple seconds. One, wait for a couple seconds. One, two, three, four. And I don't, when I'm up on the top of the deck of the, the boat and my rod is, you know, pointing, I'm kind of trying to do so you can see it, pointing down, I don't really want it splashing in the water every time I'm trying to, to walk the dog with my frog lure. And so to me, a 610 is, is absolutely perfect. What, I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Nate? Because I know, like, a lot of people are 7'2", are 7'4". Seven seven I see, like, 7'8", Magnum Frog Rods, and I just don't understand it. Yeah, so uh, Denali actually came out with the new Lithium Pro Series. Yeah. And the frog rod they have in that series is 7'4". Yeah. And that's the one that I have uh, that I've been using this year. And? I love I love the sensitivity and the length for casting. Yeah. But just like you're saying, I think it's mm-hmm. a touch too long yep. for walking the bait yep. or or working working the frog across across the scrum. Yeah. Yeah, it just it's I, I feel like frog fishing again, it's too easy to make frog fishing just scum and just lily pads and just thick stuff. Uh if you remember Nate, a couple of years ago you and I were on 
in a derby on pool 13 on the miss. And I said something like that to you. Like, dude, I never throw a frog unless it's on scum. And then there's a lay down and I skipped a bronze eye frog. I can show it to you. I have it here. This is my, this is my <coughs> frog box. Um, as you'll notice, she's, she's pretty, pretty well packed. Each slot has about four frogs. Six have you frogs. thrown all of them? Yep. Have you, was that honest? No, I have Okay. Not. Uh, oh, it's this one right here. This bronze eye spro. This thing is chewed up. It's like green. We can you hold this up to the camera more? Yep. Can you do that, Vanna? Vanna. Yeah, like Vanna White. Yeah. Um, so it's got like kind of a red underbelly and orange and army green. And I've caught so many fish on that thing. In my opinion, the bronze eye spro frog is just second to none. It's it's just yeah, it's a staple. It's a For classic. Sure. It works great. It's 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 not so squishy, but it's not too firm on like the on the plastic for the body. The hooks are good. Um, anyway, I skipped it next to a laydown. It was like it was like two good pops, like a jerk bait pop, like pretty pretty, you know, cracking it. Walk walk, and this thing you saw it. I mean, this was probably yeah flirting with a five pound fish. Um, and then he wrapped himself up along, along one of the branches coming down and we shot, I put my talons up and we shot over there with the trolling motor. Uh, and he was on until the very last second, like right when I went down to try and grab him and he came loose. But, um, so I have a question. Not a good moment. When I'm very sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um, sorry to jump into a question when you're having a moment. Um, so (laughs) is this one of those that when you throw a frog and you feel the bite, you want to wait a second? Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's debate so on that hard. now, though. There's debate on it. And I, I don't personally get the debate. I do not get it. Right. I watched a video with, I think, and if I'm saying this wrong, please tell me. I think it was one of the Shryock brothers where they were very vehemently, like, the second he blows it up, set the hook. And I've, I, I, I've tried that. I do not get hook sets with that. I don't get any penetration. Frogs just fly. Yeah, you just send the frog flying back mm. into your homie or something. Just toom, flying across the, you know warning shot across the bow of the boat Mm -hmm. um i like i said with a high gear ratio reel i like to wait until i feel weight so like and another thing is sometimes um uh they'll just miss it they'll just flat out miss it in like that really thick stuff specifically they just don't see it very well they just see like a little movement um and that's why it's really important to stop it um and side note stop it in those openings when you're fishing a mat and there's an opening i don't care if it's the size of a 50 cent piece or if it's the size of a basketball or bigger when there's those natural little openings like work your frog and stop it in those openings make it so easy i catch so many bass on frogs doing that boom 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 here's an opening boom boom stop it and just let it sit i'll let it sit for a minute I'll let it sit for 45 seconds. And in Wisconsin or any other lake with clear water, you can actually sometimes see the fish come up and annihilate it. It's like it's like a miniature version of Shark Week when they put those like dummies out with the cameras on it. It's oh, yeah. awesome. Work it till those openings and let it sit. Even if the openings are close to your boat, because a lot of times that 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 mat will sort of like camouflage your presence as well. Hmm. It's good to know. I actually uh, I actually got out to throw a frog on the fourth, uh, a little bit of that morning, uh, same, pretty much the same exact thing happened. I was working a frog. I saw a little boil and I did a couple more little, little walks right to yeah. the, the opening, kind of where he boiled, blew up on it, completely missed the frog. And I swung for the fences. And <laughs> that, that frog went so far behind me. Yeah. 
flying I threw, frog I threw back there probably six or seven more times and never never did get another blow up on it but yeah. And it's hard. It's hard not to because it is a visual thing and it's so fun. But yeah, I, to me, there's not a debate. Wait until you fe- wait for the wait. Maybe that's a mm. shirt. Wait for the Ooh, wait. Wait till you good. feel it. And it doesn't have to be like, I think he's got it. I think he's got it. I'm pretty sure he's got it. I think he's got- set the hook. But I mean, like when you get a blow up and you start to reel down and you feel that fish, on, just let him have it. I mean, there you can't overset the hook at that point. I mean, just give her heck. So is there a special knot that you need to tie with frogs or is that not a thing that's a good question is that a good one yeah i think so what do you what do you what do you tie nate i do not think so no i I tie a palomar knot yeah um with the braid i have never had an issue with it Uh, some people some people do you know different things but that's the one that i trust i like it and i don't have any problems with it yeah i I mean I, i wasn't saying that like the palomar is wrong i'm just saying that like not, I don't know anybody who throws a, I think I threw a frog in like fifth grade on like mono. Cause I didn't know any better on like a size seven spinning reel that was made for like catfishing or something on like a six <laughs> yeah. foot pool stick that had like four eyelets on it from Walmart for twenty nine ninety nine. Oh gosh, so cute. Um, no, it was idiotic. I didn't know what I was doing. That's when you had the scum frogs, like the regular scum frogs that had, what did they weigh? One ninety fourth of an ounce and you could cast it eight feet if the wind was at your back. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they they could catch fish, but you couldn't cast them, boys. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't I don't think anybody's throwing a frog on anything but braid. And so for me, when I'm throwing braid, um, it's a palomar. And then with frogs, I don't know why I do this. It doesn't make any sense necessarily, but I actually do a double palomar. If you don't know how to do a double palomar, it's the exact same thing as a palomar, but instead of one overhand knot before you put the lure back through the loop, it's two overhand knots. If you need a video for it, (laughs) self-plug, if you go to our YouTube, there is a video that I made like 100 years ago where I look like I'm 13 years old, and you can tell that I'm trying to be cool and talk sort of smart. And I'm like, you know, if I'm like flipping or pitching in like heavy cover, I don't know what I was even saying, but it's a decent video on how to do a Palomar, double Palomar. Like I use like a rope on like educational. um, Yeah. I use like a rope on like a carabiner, but I do a double Palomar when I, when I throw a frog, I don't know why it gives me extra confidence, but that is sort of a thing. Um, but I always do a double Palomar. I've never, ever had a problem. I was watching a video uh, today and I won't say who it is because I feel like he just sounded like a moron. Um, but this feller, this pro fisherman was like, I, I tie this knot and I've never really had any breakage issues. Who has breakage issues on 65 pound braid when you're reeling in a three pound fish? Has anybody on planet earth ever had a knot breakage issue with 65 pound braid versus a three pound fish? Like, is that even an issue that we're talking? Like, what, this is not an issue that I've ever understood. What are you talking about? Like, oh, I, I tie not this knot. I tie this knot because it keeps me from getting razor burn. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Such passion. Sorry. I was just so, when I heard that, like, I changed the YouTube video, like, right away. I was so annoyed that I just changed it. But anyway, I think the double Palomar, you can do it super fast and it works great. Okay. Boom. Well, thank you. You're. <laughs> Sorry to whoever, I, I know that person doesn't know oh we exist, gosh. so it's not like he's offended, but anyway, oh. there you go. Okay. What else? Do we have any other questions? I don't know. Um, any other hollow body stuff? Like you yeah. have. I have all kinds of little tips and tricks. Um, okay. All kinds. Let's go. I got all kinds. Jordan, Jordan really is the, the frog guy of all of us. <laughs> like I don't, I don't fish frogs very often because I don't have much confidence in them. Yeah. Like. 
I miss fish all the time. I'm, I'm over setting the hook. I'm, I'm the epitome <laughs> of like an anxious bass fisherman when it comes oh. to frog fishing. Oh, so thank you for I, your honesty. Just, all right. Let me, let yeah, me. I, can't, I can't like I struggle for real. Are you leaving? All right. I'm going to try to make oh, this. Oh, nope. Work. He's coming up. I'm coming close to the screen. <laughs> coming close to the screen to show you. So I did something today. <laughs> oh my gosh. I did something today. I'm not going to have myself be on camera, but if I get my mic up, I did something today to show you a modification that absolutely works for frogging. Um, and I did it on one side of the frog and not the other. So hopefully it'll help somebody. Um, if you look at this uh, bronze eye spro frog, what I did on this side here was the, the little modification. Get your pliers in there and bend this hook up just a little bit. You want to see, I don't know if you'll be able to see it on Put camera. Put your hand behind it like a... Um, you want to get like just a little bit of a gap between the body and the hook itself. There, and on this side I didn't. So this side's just flush with the body, goes right down the body line, that hook. Where this one is off of it a little bit because I took pliers and I bent that hook huh. up just the smallest bit. This will literally increase your hook ratio on frogs ten to one. Just doing the one side, or you were just well, showing no, that you, you have to do, do it to both. Sides. Okay, yeah, do both I just, sides, I'm just making this sure will, this will increase your hookups like ten to one. I am I'm not taking kidding. notes. Um, a feller told me about that a million years ago. I don't remember who it was. Um, I will say the only bad side if you do this is that you're going to get a little more snag snagorific if you're in really really thick stuff. Um, if the frog lands like that, which it doesn't usually. But if you bend that hook up just the littlest bit, you will get better hook penetration and better hook sets all the time. I mean, it's okay. crazy. Do you trim their little legs? That is a modification I do. <laughs> what is? Oh my gosh. The the <laughs> sorry. The the hook bending up. You I do will that? I will bend up the it, hooks. Yeah. It makes a difference. Well, it's that's absolutely good. crazy. It's crazy. Like if you fish He's like, like I do were, that, but it doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> no, not for me. It does not Mate. work. Not. If you if you were fishing frogs, and it's an easy way to like prove it. If you were fishing frogs, and there, you know, you have those days where you're frog fishing, and you'll catch a frog, a frog fish on like every clump of stuff you throw it at, uh, and you're not getting that good of hook sets. So they're obviously eating the frog you're throwing. They like the weight, they like the color, they like the presentation, but you're not getting good hook sets. Just bend that one side, or or I mean both sides, obviously, just. Just the littlest bit, and it will change how how good your hook sets are. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Okay. It's night right. and day. It's night and day. Um, do you? Yeah, this is a uh, Strike King KVD frog, I believe it is. Yep, sexy but frog. Kind of see. I don't know if you can see like oh, yeah. how yep, far the bent hooks up are bent bit. out on this one. Yep. yep, and it's actually like this is one I've actually caught fish on. Like, hey, it's missing that's great. You can do it. Missing the paint, like it's all peeling off. Yeah. That's a good frog. You got to keep that one. Yeah, this one, this one is, uh, this one's actually caught quite a few fish. So. so then, why would you use any other ones if that's one? If that's the conditions. one that's catching them. Yeah, conditions, I guess. What but, do I mean, you if mean? Well, I, I need to save it for oh. the one moment where I'm really going to need it. Okay, so. okay. <laughs> Nate, show us that frog that you showed us off air earlier. That that weird one that kind of looks silly, and tell us about it. Yeah, so uh, I actually bought this. Probably it looks like a turtle. When you hold it like that too, like this, it just looks like he's going like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I bet I bought it 10 plus years ago when we were working at Gander. Aww. Actually, no, I think I got it from K&K Hardware, I but say, I was yeah, still I working at Gander, so it was there. that long ago. Okay. Wow. 
but it's a it's a paychecks bait and it's called the transporter frog jo- like johnny paychecks it's, like it's you can actually, take this job and shove it oh my gosh poor nate just wants to it's actually a popping frog, frog which <laughs> you know i don't think we've really talked much about it yet but no we should so this one does have the little cupped mouth on yep. it uh yep. so it does pop and for anybody listening and not watching it has unlike most frogs it has front legs oh, and yeah. back legs as well so oh that's uh, why it looks like he's like mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's cute as a button yeah he's there's no denying cute. that yeah so i was <laughs> yeah i was i was trying to remember the name of it so i was googling it and i knew i knew paychecks was the company that made it mm. so i got on uh, ebay and i'm like let me try to figure it out here and i pull it up and there was probably four or five of these little frogs uh for like thir- between 30 and 70 dollars what and the name that's uh, crazy absolutely insane sorry i dropped it that's okay now but, it's uh, worth only 60 yeah i think i think it was like i think it was 12.99 or something when i bought it that's wild so now do you not want to uh, throw it because it's like worth money or something no or? no no it actually honestly has nothing to do with that because okay. i threw it eight ton okay when i first bought it i just throw it i don't throw it because it doesn't catch fish yeah yeah all right here's one but it is it is really cool let me show y'all a couple one frog all right i'm gonna i'm not gonna bring my mic up okay he's not gonna bring his mic up so i'll just talk i'm not gonna talk can you guys see it it's yellow and another it's a what's it called okay You see, it has that's like a, that's a spro frog. It's got little wiggly legs. Legit, that's a spro frog from probably like two thousand like three, two thousand four. That's like twenty years ago. Yeah, like this thing. Like, look at its legs. That is awesome. But the, I mean, the body feels the same. The weight in the back is way bigger, and then it has a swivel in the back coming out of the weight, which was made for attaching like a stinger, like a treble hook to. Which is pretty unique, I think. I don't think that's like a. Here, I'll show you up close. I don't think that's a thing anymore. The, Can you see it? You see the swivel on the back? go the other oh, direction. Wait. Oh, there you go. There. Oh, nope. Where are you going? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you can kind of see it. It's hard to focus. Do we need it? If anybody's in Strum, Wisconsin and wants to be a video intern for us, which I'm sure there is. Because I mean, we do so have six children. Why don't we just go grab one yeah, of them Yeah, we need somebody who can, like, zoom in and focus on stuff. <laughs> Before we get too far into it, also, uh, I really want to talk about what might be, and I was not a believer right away, but this little baby right here mm. might be the dopest frog on the earth right now. Am I supposed to show it to the camera? I'm just uh, looking yeah, at it right now. Yeah, okay. Show it to the camera. Get, All right. Really Is it a fish? It. Well, that one's like a bluegill pattern. Yes. Which reemphasizes the idea that they're not always thinking they're hitting a frog. That is the Scum Frog Launch Series. We are not sponsored by Scum Frog. We have no tie-ins to Scum Frog. That thing is bananas dope. No, you're doing great. You do owe somebody a shout-out for that. I Go do. Ahead. I do. I don't want to admit yeah, it. I, give it to him. Because I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, <laughs> Mark LaFont, my homie Mark, and his son, Easttone. Easttone LaFont. Easttone. And Easttone, that little boy's a frogger. His name is not Easttone. His name is Easton. I call him Easttone because it sounds like thuggier, and he's just <laughs> such a thug. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> he just turned 16. Happy birthday, big homie. Um, Easton yeah. can frog. This little scum frog launch series frog is awesome. 
it casts like an absolute rocket. It's three quarters of an ounce. It has a tungsten weight transfer system in it. Uh, and then here's the dopest thing about it, though, is that the body is the old school scum frog formulation, which just means, I mean, feel that. Feel that, Lola. And then feel like this is like an evergreen SS77 looks, frog. Yeah. That scum frog is a hundred times softer. Yeah. It's like thinner. Yeah. It's, like, it's, like, it's I mean, this is going to sound like a moisturizing commercial, but it's like a hundred times more supple. It's just... It's just <laughs> Oh my gosh, I want, When I go fishing, man, I want that supple frog. The supple frog. And that thing is <laughs> supple, which just means when the fish hits it, it gets out of the way and they're just getting walloped by the hooks. I will say with this scum frog launch series frog, I think I've had more, and these hooks are, I don't like the way they look personally, not a diss on scum frog. I don't really like the red hooks. I think they look kind of cheesy. They look kind of Kmart, Matzuo hook style. Um but these are bent out a little bit. And I'll say with these hooks, I've had more two hook hookups with this frog than I think I've had with any other frog ever, even more than the Spro bronze eye frog, which is really saying something. Um, but this thing, I don't know if it's the body or the hooks or whatever. And this frog skips better than any other frog I've ever thrown. The, um, the gum frog launch series frog. I think that's because, because it's, it's three so quarters. Supple? Yes. Uh, because it's three quarters of an ounce, so I think it just it's like a it's like a flat stone, a heavier flat stone skips better than a light. It's flat a little stone. bit got a, a little bit wider body. Yeah, the body's kind of right. wide on the on the bottom side, um, and then this one, like Lola was just showing you, it's a bluegill pattern, which again just reemphasizes the fact that I think they're just seeing, you know, something injured and easy to eat. They don't necessarily think to themselves, "That's a frog that I would like to ingest for my lunch." You know, or maybe they, just, they are. Maybe they are. But all right, so you guys ready? You want to hear my, um, speaking of scum frog, you want to hear my smash frog technique? I thought it was frog smash. It might have been frog smash. It might have been smash yeah. frog. I don't know. I used to call it frog <laughs> smashing. <laughs> all right, so this is so stupid. So when I would fish like a really thick mat back in the day, and I wasn't very skilled with bait casters yet, but I knew enough to... Ow, I just put a launch frog hook in my finger. Oh my gosh. Um, I knew that I needed to throw a bait caster for a frog because I wanted to throw like heavy braid. You know, I knew that was a good a thing. Um, but I was throwing like the original um, scum frog. Let me see if I have one in the box. And Vanna White Lola Johnson can show you. I'm sure I do still it's have really some in at here that. somewhere. This is a really good frog too. This little jackal dart frog. It's cute. Really teeny, small. It's really good for open water stuff uh let's i should just pick one up oh I my gosh my look hand. he's got it shut up yeah that wow dude we're like buddies oh oh you're Maybe a better vanna than i am i'm embarrassed i, I mean there's really. no scum frog in our frog box i have every i mean i bet you if you name a brand i have at least one or three other frogs in here Mega bass to like. I was kind of surprised at how many different brands that I actually had, because I can't really recall buying anything much other than Spro in the last few years, yeah. and these jackals. So, also, if you don't have one, you should really consider investing in a Sprinker Teckle, uh, the Teckle Sprinker Frog. Um, they make one like this with rattles in the back. That's what that was. If you if guys are not it. watching this, if yeah. you're just listening, and then they make one it. with like a little boot tail in back, 
Why? Why all the different tails? And when tales? you throw these, like in an open water presentation, um, you can just smash them on this thing. It looks like it's called the sprinkler frog. It is not. It's the sprinkler frog by Tekel. Um, and this is such an awesome open water. Uh, like Booyah came out with their version of it. I think they call it the buzz toad or something. It's it's the same thing. But for open water, that tail kicks along or the one I was just shaking that oh. shakes along. Um, and it just, it makes so much noise. Uh, it's it's awesome. So anyway, so my, my frog smash technique with the old school um, and this evergreen frog with the fur tail. Uh, Depps makes one like Ooh, this too. Oh, there's an original shine? scum frog. There Nate has is. one. There it is. He's like, hello. And Nate's having a hard time <laughs> keeping it up because it's just so heavy. Um, it is. like Weighing in at 164th of an ounce. Um, so what I would do with those scum frogs, I would tie it on, double Palomar, and then I would let out something. <laughs> this is so idiotic. I would let out something like 8 to 10 feet of line on my bait casting rod, and I would... I would click it like I would click it over so it wasn't like open spool like a you know like yeah I'd pull out like a bunch of line and, go, and I'd lock it and then I would take my rod behind my head like a oh fly gosh. fishing rod and I would just, just swing throw it, it. Oh as hard gosh. as I could so the line would go <laughs> and the frog would just just smash the water but it worked didn't it and I would do it over and over again did it work did I would do it like I would do it I go like this I go splat 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 and then let it sit and every time it would get eaten. I wish there was a video. I'm not, of I this. should, we should make a video of the frog smash technique because I was so in my head that like, too much. I was so in my head. You have to do that. I should oh do gosh. it. We should, we could, we could do it tomorrow, yo. Okay. Uh, I was so in my head that like these fish aren't going to be able to see my frog. I need to clear out this muck and this scum. I know I'll just smash the water open. Yeah. Yep. And I would sense. catch fish on it all the time. So why don't why have I never seen you do it? Like why'd you stop? We need to do it. No, but dude. why'd you stop? Because it's stupid. <laughs> but it caught fish. <laughs> because it's embarrassing. Oh and the gosh. fact that I'm even talking about it right now is embarrassing. This is awesome. So yeah. if anybody um, tries the frog smash, the send frog us smash. send us some videos. Um, we'd love to see that. If you catch a fish on the frog smash, first person to send a video oh catching gosh. a fish on the frog smash, I'll. I don't know what. I'll send you some Giltech jigs. I'll give you a high five. I'll send you five Giltech jigs and a tackle and taco shirt. Dang. If you can send me a frog smash video. I'm telling you it works. And the funny thing is, is like um, sometimes I get really cutesy with my frog presentations uh, where I'll, I'll chuck it out. And then as soon as it hits the water, I'll kind of, I won't reel it in, but I'll try to make it essentially like kind of dance in the same spot as if a frog just fell out of like a reed and hit the water. I was going, oh my gosh. He has like, like a story out, like, for each frog throw. He'll yeah. be like, okay, so this little buddy yeah. just dropped in. He just fell out of this tree and now he's like <laughs> freaked out. So he's kind of spazzing on the water. Yeah. And um, I catch fish doing that. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a silly, subtle, cutesy presentation. And then on the other hand, I'm like some sort of like mentally deficient Thor smashing the water. <laughs> Is that what's that? Do you make a sound? Yeah, and I always stop, like when Conan O'Brien used to impersonate Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. When I'm done, I go, you sausage. Oh. I say sausage every time. Oh my gosh, please don't. I'm not sure why. It's just, oh. It's just the right thing to do. Okay, Ooh. gonna give it the a boy try. Has lost it. Yeah, but I'm it's telling late. You, I'm telling you, I caught fish doing <laughs> that, dude. I actually caught fish doing it. All right. So that's the key. 
let's talk real briefly. Walking frogs, popping frogs. When when do you use which, Nate? Uh, this isn't a quiz. Man, I'm just wondering question. when you do it. Yeah, so I I typically will switch over to something I can walk a little bit better if the if the cover is a little little less sparse or a little more sparse. I guess it is. Yeah. Not quite as thick. I'll go to something that I can walk a little bit better. So, uh, from from like a you know an isolated pile to another isolated pile, I'll try to get that frog to walk, you know, and then I'll stop it either just before or just after, uh, those, those isolated piles. And, you know, hopefully, like you said, give them an easy target. So, yeah. 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 Um, do you throw a popping frog much? Uh, I just kind of recently started throwing, uh, throwing a popping frog a little bit more. Okay. This is a spro. Yep. That's a little one, a right? Junior maybe. Yeah. yeah I think yep. this is the junior. And then, uh, I, Got the full size one here as well, but uh, yeah. So I'll typically start throwing these uh, kind of later in the in the summer slash early fall mm-hmm. when I know those when I know those bass are kind of starting to chase some some shad that are going to be flickering on the surface. Yeah. Um. So I even uh, I even bought I even bought this guy. I don't know what it is. I don't even know if it has a name brand, but it's super small. So this is the Spro Junior yeah. popping, and then this is just a like it's even Little. smaller. Oh, yeah, yep. So like to mimic that smaller shad, I I bought a couple of these, and I actually caught some fish on them last That's year. That's awesome. Yeah, I like it. Um, did we talk about um, water temps at all for frogging yet? Did we talk about that? Yeah. Much? Well, how he said, like, you mentioned like 68 plus. That's my number is 68 plus. But the one thing I'll say that's even bigger than that, um, way bigger than that in terms of when it's a good time to frog, isn't just like a specific number as much as it is if the temperature has come up in the water, that's a good time to frog. So if Mm. it was, if your water temps were 48 and then you had a really big heat wave or whatever and your temperatures hit 66, even though that's not like that 68 number yet, do yeah, you get a frog out increase. there. Yeah, okay. get, get that frog out there. That's another little, that's another little for sure thing that I absolutely know will absolutely catch them. You, huh. when, when that, when that temperature scooping up. Oh, I don't know if you can hear it. My dang dog is barking like crazy. Oh, we can hear her. She wants to talk about frogging. Jeez. She wants to talk about frogging. Oh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not mad at her. Yeah. But, uh, good. I'm not, I'm not so much one for water temp. I, I normally, kind of base it on that vegetation growth when i really start to see that vegetation start to get to the surface uh where i know the bass will kind of get under it oh that's when i start throwing that frog so yeah yeah that makes sense i mean that's yeah just like that's like the thing to do that's what makes sense frogging yeah yeah for sure um what else have we not covered i don't know if there's anything else i mean there's all well of course there is there's you don't arrive when fishing any technique if you're a really good drop shotter you can keep learning new ways to drop shot. Like one little side note about drop shotting that nobody does wacky rigging on a drop shot. Take a Cinco, hook it through the middle on your drop shot hook, and now you have a drop shot wacky rig that works awesome. Nobody does it. Why wouldn't you do that? Frogging. Um, do we trim the legs? So in answer yes. to Lola's question earlier, I always trim the legs if I'm fishing a frog in something sort of open water-ish. And what I'll actually do, I don't know if this is like inside juice or not, but um, 
I'll always, if I know it's going to be more open-y than like scummy, I'll trim one leg a little bit shorter than the other. And what I find is that little bit of weight helps me to walk it easier. It kind of goes left to right a little easier that way. That's so funny. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So that's one of my little, my little things, bending the hooks up. Uh, and then also like, this is maybe from like my musky fishing days, but I always have a file in my boat. If I've caught a whole bunch of fish on frogs and it's that frog, that color, that presentation, I'm not wanting to switch that frog. Dude, grab a file if you have it and sharpen your hooks up real quick. It's amazing how many more fish you will catch with sharper hooks. And I know that sounds obvious, but I don't think, I mean, I know a lot of bass fishermen will switch out their trebles. But you're not really switching out your yeah, hooks on your. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, so I mean, unless you right. have a whole bunch of them, and I'm talking like on each point, go over the top with your finger and under the bottom with your finger, and if there's any like rounding, any dullness or burrs, I'm talking like two to three on top with a file, two to three underneath, both sides, and it's amazing how your hookup ratio will go up. Like file those hooks, keep them just sticky sharp and it'll it'll actually make a difference another really cool thing about um popping frogs will you hold up that popping frog to the camera yep uh lola and show them like the lip like the cupped lip on it i think it's easy to look at a popping yep kind of turn it sideways so we can see the lip yeah perfect perfect oh that's you're so good at holding up frogs uh one where are you getting all these exotic colored frogs at uh the internet I've caught I've caught quite a few fish on that pink frog too. Um, the pink is it pink with like gold legs? Yep, that's a spro color. Like that's an actual spro color. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So one cool thing, if you look at the the lip on that, what's that going to do? It's going to make a splashing, popping noise, sound, movement, maybe. But the other thing it's going to do is it's going to create a lot more resistance in the water, which means it's not going to move as fast. So another great benefit of a popping, okay. <laughs> I just didn't know if you another still wanted to see it. Another great benefit of a popping frog is that it doesn't move as fast. So if you're really wanting to walk the the dog, walk the frog as you're as you're moving it, a, a cupped lip popping frog will cover water much slower. So if you're looking for a slower presentation, a a, a popping frog is a really good option. so is there i got a question for you is there ever a point where you don't pause and you just you just walk it all the way back to the boat the only time i ever do that and this is going to sound counterintuitive is if it's straight scum it's going to sound counterintuitive to do it that way but i've had really good and the only reason i know that is because like I've fished frogs quite a bit and I get really like experimental with it. Like I'll make one cast in an area that I feel is really juicy and I'll do like the typical like one, two, pause, one, two, three, pause, one, pause, one, two, three, four, pause. And that didn't work. And then I'll go slower and that didn't work. And then I'll just go dip, 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 dip. And a lot of times on scum, you're not really walking the dog back and forth. It's just kind of scooting across it, you know? And Unless I you found, do the smash or... Yeah, the frog smash. <laughs> <laughs> ah, sausage. Uh, but what I found is if I just kind of keep it, and not a fast pace, but if I just keep it moving, what I think happens there on, on really thick scum, I'll get better, I'll get better, uh, more consistent bites that way. And I know that sounds counterintuitive for what most people think about um, fishing on scum. And it doesn't always work this way. Again, let the fish tell you. But if they're really wanting it, when it's doing that, which is constantly moving, I think it's giving them a target to lock onto the whole time. Whereas when, as soon as you stop it, 
it's not making any more ripples in the water. It's not making any more vibrations in the water. There's no movement. So in, unless they are really good at tracking it until it's stopped, they don't know exactly where it is, which is why I think a lot of times bass will blow up on a frog and miss it by six inches. And you're like, dude, do you need mm. glasses or something? It's like, no, you didn't keep on making a target for it. So if I just keep it moving, I mean, the other day that, that fish, I, I, I posted a YouTube short of letting a, a fish go in clear water, never gets old or something like that. And that was a fish that I caught on a um, scum frog, launch frog. Uh, and I was in a long, I mean, as far as I could cast, and you can cast that thing a country mile, uh, as far as I could cast was thick scum. And I never stopped reeling, just plop, 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 just kind of kind of like a swim bait where you can use your your handle almost just to make all the action. Uh, and he bit three feet from my feet off the shore. So sometimes I think not not stopping it works really well too. But again, it all depends on what the fish are doing. If they're if they're out there just wolf packing stuff, you don't have to be subtle and stop and play games. You can just keep it moving. Right. And if you've never seen it, there's a video which proves this theory of mine about like they'll hit it when it's moving. There's a video of a dude in Texas. What does he catch? A twelve pounder? Is that what it was? When he was reeling his um, frog back to the boat really fast to make another cast. Oh, yeah. And he had it this far out of the water, like, you know, That's four crazy. inches out of the water, and the 12-pounder or whatever came up and just engulfed it. And he wasn't fishing it. He was reeling it back to the boat to make another yeah. cast. And that's when the bath came up and annihilated it. So movement on frogs is not a bad deal. There you go. I don't know. Do we have anything I like else? I don't like want to keep on blowing it up, but I just feel like we could keep – frogs are such a cool deal, and we could keep on talking questions, or we could call it a night because I'm tired, and yeah. Taco Thursday <laughs> is rapidly approaching, and we yes. got to get this episode did. Yes, we do. Yeah. Anything? What else you got, Bird? Well, are we going to do anything with the social media stuff? What do you mean? Like oh, we yeah. We said we were going to talk yeah, we about... Said that we, would, we said that we would comment people's comments on social media. Yeah. We had a few people. Uh, I think the homie Doug McIntyre yep. commented. I think Stu Anderson commented. Who else yeah. said something on, on social media? Hit, I hit think Mark up, did. Paul. Yeah, but, yeah. go through. Plop Here. a couple out there. No, you do it. Read them. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, Paul <laughs> says, my favorite... Paul who? How do I say this? Sarita... Sarita. 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 I'm so sorry, Paul. Lo siento, Paul. Lo siento. Um, He said, my favorite and go-to has always been a moss boss. Dude, such an awesome But the main downside to it are with the open hook and it doesn't float. Do you agree with that? Do you remember those moss bosses, Nate? I don't know. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, here, look it up real quick and then maybe you can hold up your, Okay. Fo- it almost looks like a hard plastic slice of avocado, which is perfect for our show. Um, but they are such a cool old lure. But yeah, they don't float, but they have like a skirt on the back end. Um, yeah, like that. That's a moss boss right there. They kind of, like I said, it looks like a half of an avocado. Yeah, perfect. Uh, with like a skirt okay, off the yeah, back end. Yeah, I do remember those. Yeah, yeah, and they're like a single hook. And man, they were just such a cool like topwater sort of drag across stuff lure. So, yeah, shout out, Paul. Appreciate you. Do I read Stu's? Yeah, Stu's the best. Thing. He's the yeah, best. Stu is awesome. Stu deserves um, a good My, a my good nose moment. is running. I'm so sorry. I'm like sniffling. That's okay. Well, do you want to read it? You're still very pretty. Thank you so much. All right. Do you want to read it? Uh, all right. Stu Anderson, a point, a point, a point, said, I love a good frog discussion. It's like if you could take the game of golf and package it into a tangible item someone could hold, it would be a frog lure. <laughs> 
<laughs> Using a frog is supposed to be fun, simple, and elicit joy the whole time. But damn it, it's the most frustrating thing when you can't keep a fish on, or you get tangled in some pads and grass, and when a fish keeps short striking. Which, again, that's... That's every single time I throw a frog. Nate's face is like, yes! That is every single time I make a cast with a frog. Yeah. And you get a blow up and you miss it, or he jumps towards it and misses it. Um, I, I forgot to share this yes. story. This is one of my favorite frog stories ever. Um, uh, in Austin, fishing from shore at this weird place that I found. It was the first place I ever caught a fish on a Carolina rig, and it was um, one of the few places I, f- or first places I figured out how to really properly fish a frog. I threw a frog in some muck, um, knowing that you know, that's what you're supposed to do. And I worked it and I, worked, I wasn't getting anything. I was getting mad and I was getting ready to leave. And I made another cast. And it might have been with that 2003 bronze-eyed spro frog thingy with the twister tail legs. And a, a bass came out of the water over my lure and back into the water. What the? Like just jumped over it like the end of Free Willy. Oh, my god! Like he was just showing off. <laughs> And if, you you know, I'm a good fisherman, so I should have been like, I'm going to make another cast. Yeah. I reeled my line up, put it on the hook keeper, and I was gone. I was so mad that I yeah. just left. Yep. You felt like he gave you the middle finger. Uh, he did give me the middle fin- okay. finger. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> the middle finger. I got kids. That was, that was a dad yeah. joke. Yeah, that, that was, was really bad. Yeah. So I'm fishing a frog, and he jumped out of the water through the scum, through the muck, over my frog and back into the water. Well... And you might think to yourself, oh, you had them worked up. You should keep, nope, I left. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm a moron. But anyway. Um, <laughs> what else we got? Who else made some commentos? Doug McIntyre said something like, I got a frog. I haven't tried it yet. Dude, try it. Now is the time. This time of year is the time to try it. Mudget said, pad crasher for the win. Oh, he's a booyah guy. I don't know what that means. Yeah, so. Oh, booyah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the booyah yep. pad crasher. Yep. It's a booyah. Here's the, here's the truth, right? Like the booyah frogs, they're really underrated. I was going to say I have one in my box too. Yep, there's a booyah pad crasher oh. right there. Thank you, Mr. Mudget, who we need to have on the show. Shout out. If you're in northern Wisconsin and you need a, a good fishing guide, he's a part of Chippewa Valley Bass Attack. Him and his dad are hilarious. Uh, one time Lola and I fished a derby against them and we were waiting in the weigh-in line. And I asked his dad, like, how'd you do? He's like, well, 20 pounds. You caught that turtle I got in the bag or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just something goofy. Like they're just, they're just cool dudes. And, and, and Michael, I mean, he can do can fish. I mean, he's got some awesome videos on his YouTube channel. So look him up, but he said the Booyah pad crusher, they're great yep. baits. They really are. They're not super expensive. Yeah. Um, that's the one thing about a lot of these baits, like a lot of other baits. Like I think the launch frog is like 12 bucks or something. Um, Spro bronze eye frogs are like ten bucks. I got a couple mega bass frogs that are like twenty. I mean, it's just getting silly. What is that one? Another pad crasher. Another pad crasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a good looking frog. One thing yeah. I've one yeah one one thing I've noticed about like just picking these up is the body is like super soft, almost yeah. almost scum frog soft. Like okay. they're like they're a really kind of soft supple soft almost, or quit making yeah. fun of my words. <laughs> It was very cute. Yeah, I do have a couple pad crabs. Like hair that's there, been conditioned, you know what I mean? Oh, my oh, gosh. Conditioned. Yes, really it's like moisturized. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Oh, here's another yeah. thing. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's end on this. This is a Spro. That's big. Big frog. I think oh. this is called the King Daddy, I believe is what this ba- this bad girl is called. Um, you got one too, Nate? Uh, this is the... Uh, the River to Sea, Fat Papa, I think it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Fish gosh. is Fat Frog. Yep. 
And it actually has a rattle in the back. A rattle there. in the back. Yeah, that's a thing that a lot of people will do with frog fishing is they'll tie on rattles or they'll uh, – another thing you can do, this is another sort of insider tip, is you can take those little glass rattles that you can buy to put in like your plastics and you can insert them into the frog either where you squeeze out the water or where the two hooks come out of the body. You can throw rattles into your frog that way. That way when you're fishing it – makes a rattle that was a terrible rattling sound was, i don't know what kind of a, a little a little play is uh the old school like copperhead bbs yep oh pop those in there yep that's yeah. another one people will do four or five of those in there yeah. yep another thing people will do also is put enough of those bbs in it to where the frog becomes just barely subsurface uh, and then you almost have you'll get the same action out of it um i have a couple frogs that i've, I've put weights into um and it'll sort of still walk the the dog but just if you get them just right it'll be just subsurface that's another tricky little sneaky deal mm. you can get because if you think about a frog if you were to youtube a frog swimming sometimes they kind of kick along on top and sometimes they dive underwater and they use their super long legs and they have this really smooth motion underwater and so if you weight your frog down get them just below the surface um, that's something very natural to a fish's eyes um, this big old uh spro frog i don't know is that what it's called the, the king daddy the something like that i can't remember what it's called I think something like that. Yeah. yeah, this is again then the killer gill color. Uh, this is a frog to throw when um, I would say to me bigger baits usually come in early in the year and later in the year. That's when I like to throw bigger baits, bigger swim baits. Um, but you can you can really elicit some big strikes from big fish on bigger frogs, and so that's something that um, you might not have. 10 of them in your tackle box. I think I have four or five of these, um, but I think it's a good idea to have a frog this big uh, and a frog that big, you know, have, and maybe you can't even see these on camera. Uh, which way? Uh, like, you know, Dude, okay. here, hold them up, hold them up. Hold on. I got another one. Another. How do I hold three? Oh, I've got some skills. Oh, it's a little baby guy. That's a cheapy little Bass Pro frog. It's Ugh. not very expensive, but it's very again supple. The the it's very are those Bass Pro frogs? No, oh, this, this is that Ish's fat frog. Oh yeah, versus that little this one. Is that this might be something like that. It's a knockoff. Yeah, little just little. Frog. Yeah. I mean, this thing's yeah. really small. So you saw these three frogs that Lola just held up. I think it's important to have different size colors styles of frogs and um we'll end on this like get out there and experiment i've learned so much just throw, like truly like throw a frog try different stuff this is the um live target uh floating bluegill which i really like what the heck it it's looks, like a, what the up. I really like it. It looks like a bluegill because a lot of times when bluegills die, they kind of turn sideways and they kind of flop around sideways and they make a bunch of commotion. Um, but that's a hollow-bodied, mm -hmm, yep, it's a hollow-bodied lure. But it's like a bluegill. Uh, again, shout out to E Stone. He hates that. He caught his biggest topwater frog fish ever on this lure, but he doesn't like it because he doesn't you, think he gets a good hookup on it. Do you call that had, a frog lure? It is frog? a frog because it's that frog style. Um, but on this one, more than the other ones, I would bend these hooks up a little bit because um, they, they run really, really straight with the bait. But it looks awesome. It moves easy. And I think it makes a lot of sense. If you've ever seen a dying it's bluegill, so they do this little sideways like flop thing. And that's all this is doing. And so, you know, get that. Get a get mm. a, um, a tackle sprinker frog. Get a popping frog. Get a big frog. Get a small frog. Get a, a buzz toad. Th throw a pad crasher. Um, whatever. 
but get out there, throw a moss boss, get out there and get comfy with something. What in the world is that, Nate? Oh, That's just like, like a buzz toad. Yeah, like a like a zoom. I thought buzz it was toad a squid. Like a like a this soft is, yeah. plastic zoom guy. horny toad. Yep, the horny toad. That's a classic. Um, those work great. Get hmm. out there and just experiment. Figure out what works for you in whatever conditions. Okay, I will. And frogging can be some of the funnest stuff. The funnest. The as, funnest. As gloves. awful as awful as I am at it, my frog rod will be on the deck until it gets cold out. Yep. Like from here on out. And I would say, honestly, what you just said so. to me, that's a time when I think it's time to put away the frog. When mm. the temperatures are consistently declining, um, not like a yeah. little bit here and there, but when they've been declining for a few weeks, it's not to say that you can't still catch them on a frog, but I'm probably not throwing it. So there's there's a little another little inside tip for you. So, all right. All right. Thank you. All right. That's it. Okay. Well, remember... Positivity is worth the effort. Bye. Peace.